welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sachikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privet. It's really, really good to be with you again. And I know you'll be happy you've joined us today because... We have a very cool guest. It's Michelle Rickman, who is a personal trainer, health coach, and yoga teacher. That is so cool. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yes. And Michelle, please tell us more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So in addition to my credentials you gave there, I'm also a mom of four. So my life is very busy. So I like to keep things simple and sort of my journey started on how I work with people because I love helping women find really simple ways to get healthy and do it without dieting. So really working on changing their habits, finding exercise that's quick and effective so that they can start to put these pieces together of their health in a way that feels good and that is easier. Yes. Well, we love easy. We're all about make change fun and easy. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy to have you with us. So tell me more. Um, uh, you, you mentioned you're a mom of four. Wow. That's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you say has been like in your experience one of the big challenges that you have faced as a mom and just a very busy person in general in terms of taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, I sort of have two stories I would love to share today. The first one starts um, a little over 10 years ago. So my husband, um, he was active duty, he is now, Um, but we kept waiting to have our next child. And then we finally, he got a six month deployment. He got notification of it. So we're like, okay, we'll try. So all within 48 hours, we got pregnant. They changed his deployment from six months to a year, which means he wouldn't be there for the baby. And then his brother also passed away. So it was a really, really hard 48 hours that bam, that And so we had to really take some time, like we had a couple months left before he was going to leave and really being able to like work through some of that hard stuff. But how can we also enjoy this time that we had left with him? Because I also had a daughter at the time. So we wanted her to enjoy her dad before she wouldn't see him for a year. And um, I reached out to a friend and I remember just like bawling my eyes out and I'm not one who cries that much, but being able to like release some of that and have someone like point me in a good direction um, with hope was really helpful. And then I also used yoga because yoga is such a great way to move our bodies, to release stress, but also to really calm the body. So when we start doing yoga and we're doing that deep breathing and we're stretching and we're moving, we can start to bring down those stress hormones that are in our body. And I also read more of my Bible and did more prayer and that helped to sort of shift my mind too. And it was really a time of growth for me. So that was one of probably the hardest um, times of my life, but where I felt like I really came out well. And the year he was gone, I don't look back at it as a bad year. I got to spend time with my family and you know, through using these different tools of self-care to do yoga, to walk, to move, to talk with friends and all that really helped me to get through that time. Mm. Wow. That definitely was a very intense and full year, like in terms of everything that was going on for you. And I'm so happy to hear that you were able to find some support and send some direction in terms of 
how to help yourself in that in that context tell me more about the yoga part um like so many times i when i hear about uh people talking about yoga here like in america it's like they're talking about just you know like any other form of exercise and i i i don't know if americans always um have the the knowledge and understanding of what makes yoga really unique and special and you gave some i think some perspective on that um in what you were just sharing and i'm just wondering if you have any anything yeah. you'd like to share about yeah hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it for your information this episode has been sponsored by the happiness 101 program are you a change maker coach trainer or healer are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Yeah, so yoga for the most part is very different in America. And so I use yoga in two different ways. So one, I do use it for an exercise. So to build my muscles, to stretch my muscles, to work on my balance. And at that same time, when I'm doing that, I'm still working on my deep breathing and it really puts a lot together for a good workout. Mm -hmm. But also the other piece is using yoga for that deep breathing. You can use it as a time of prayer and really sometimes stretching your body. So having a little bit of movement with deep breathing can really be a calming practice to help reset your nervous system. So depending what I need, I use it for either one of those. So um, just this week, a, few, a couple of days ago, I'm like, I knew I needed to have a more calming practice. So for me, that looks like stretching and deep breathing, but I'm the type of person that I also just feel better mentally if I'm moving a little bit too. So I don't necessarily have to have my muscles burning or working out hard, but if I'm just moving a little bit, I think it just helps to keep me a little more focused um, and it just feels good to me. And I think it goes also back to the idea of really noticing what works for you and what's calming to your nervous system and really figuring that out because everybody is a little bit different. Like someone may want some like classical or relaxing music when they want yoga. Maybe you don't want anything. Maybe you want to do it outside. There are so many different ways you can do things. And at different times, you're going to find different things are more calming to you. Mm. That's a really excellent point. I mean, there's definitely, I think as a person in general, you may have uh, things that work better for you. Uh, but then there's also sometimes a matter of the time uh, that you are going through in that moment where different techniques may work better for you I know like for me um, as an Indian who actually lived in India first eight years of my life anyway um, you know yoga is a huge part of our culture and I remember like even as a little kid you know learning about yoga postures um, so for example you know like I took these things very much for granted in terms of like being able to sit in the proper lotus position and being able to do certain other stretches and postures. Um, and but like you said, it wasn't just about the physical postures. 
to understand that it's really one of the main goals of yoga as a, as a practice as a tradition certainly in in the indian cultural context has been to um you know like help us um you know create that sense of union between mind and body and spirit and so to see yoga as not just any other form of exercise but really to 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 have those additional aspects of you know the breathing and how that awareness and coordination of body movement and breath actually does impact your mind and um using that um to sort of uh, help us learn better focus and more calmness and eventually you know as you go deeper and deeper in the practice it's also about you know developing um like you know when you are more calm and relaxed really you, it's like you don't want to be just calm and relaxed for the purpose of being calm and relaxed but to recognize that when you're more calm and relaxed you're also more open uh from a spiritual perspective to receiving spiritual love and guidance and um you know so it, there's just like so much uh meaning and depth to it to to that yeah. practice for me and i'm so happy to hear that you know you connect to so much of that as well yeah i really have found um deep breathing to just be so helpful for mm-hmm. so many areas of life once you really learn how to take a deep breath and like let that belly rise instead of it just being a breath from your chest yeah. that can be more shallow or anxiety like when you really learn how to do that deep slow breath it can be so helpful because you don't have to necessarily be on a yoga mat you know if your kids are stressing you out or maybe someone said something mean to you you it's so easy to just take a deep breath and it really reset your mind. You know, I like to tell my kids, for those who can see, I'm making a fist with my hand and my thumb is on the inside and when we're stressed or anxious, I say we flip our lid. So my four fingers just went up and we just sort of see that thumb and we can't use our thinking brain. So we have to like calm ourselves, calm our mind to get our thinking brain back on. Mm-hmm. Um and deep breathing I think is one of like the easiest ways to do that. Yes. Yes, exactly. And actually in the context of yoga wisdom, when you have a better body posture, it actually also helps you breathe better. So, yeah. it's like the the thing uh, the things that you learn in the yoga context, they sort of all work together and support each each other. Yeah. Yeah, your posture, how your chest is up or down or your shoulders are rounded or forward can debate can change how you take that deep breath and how your lungs work um and even how like the mobility you have in your ribs and your lungs and your chest how that moves how you can breathe yes yes and also just um wow I, you're making me think about so many different lessons <laughs> i've learned um uh, you know there's also the idea of you know like we're not just physical beings yoga also recognizes that we are also energetic beings and so just in the context of of how the energy flows through our body and what are more optimal ways of energy flow those are also impacted so just like at a mm-hmm. physical level your posture can either hinder or improve your uh breathing just be, by you know like for example having that more open posture freeze mm-hmm. your your chest to and your uh, stomach to expand and contract uh in a similar way that that uh more physically open posture is actually also a more energetically open posture in terms of allowing the energy to flow um more optimally through your body and so again you know it has um that that uh more enhanced calming uh, and relaxing impact um 
whether you look at it from the energy perspective or the physical perspective. Yeah, and sort of like a little science to go with that, you know, I think our heart is electrical. So there's like energy going through our body because I think a lot of us don't really know that here in the US or we don't think of that. And then also we were at, I've seen this in two different places. We were at a science museum and there was this thing you can put both your hands on and it shows how the current goes through your body. You take one hand off, the current doesn't go, but I could stand there with my child, hold one of his hands, he holds others and we're making this chain. And you can see the current goes through our body once we break that and you could keep adding people. So even scientifically, there's this like energy electrical current in our bodies and even in the sense of if we think if we cross our arms in front of our chest like mm -hmm. we're sort of closed off and we have these different postures we do throughout the day that sort of show our energy and how we are too yeah oh my gosh thinking about different postures throughout the day makes me think about wow um like for example when we were learning chair yoga postures or when I should say I was learning yoga postures those are I mean I think some of my favorites because especially in the last few years I've been spending so much of my time just sitting in front of my computer or my desk and sometimes you know um, I don't have a lot of time or space to be able to you know go and put out that yoga mat on the floor and just stretch out in that kind of uh in that kind of way but you know you don't have to feel restricted in those ways when it comes to yoga um because yeah you can like literally do different kinds of postures whether you're sitting or standing or lying down so um yeah. can you maybe give us some tips around um around that um like how you help people incorporate yoga or other forms of exercise um in the context of a busy work day yeah so as i said i have four kids and that is sort of how this idea of doing quick and shorter workouts started because after I had the third kid, I was just really struggling. I wasn't making time for myself. I had actually like sort of lost my pregnancy weight and then I was starting to gain weight and I'm like, what's going on? And then I remember going up a flight of stairs and just being out of breath. And I'm like, mm. I'm way too young for this, but I couldn't really see how I could do this. How can I make time for myself and trying to feed these kids, keep them alive, clean the house. There was just a lot going on. And then it got me thinking, if I just need to go up this flight of stairs, I don't need to work out for super long. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of times change does not seem fun because we overcomplicate it. But if we can keep it simple and uncomplicated, like, can I just do five or 10 minutes to start with? And that's what I did. I started with some 10 minute workouts and then I built up from there. And at the most, I only do 30 minutes. Um, and I like to walk in addition to that, but not necessarily fast or like a workout. So you can keep it really simple and do really short workouts. And I always recommend people when they're starting first, pick something you enjoy. So if that's just turning on some music and dancing, or it's going to a class, figure out what, what it is you're gonna enjoy because that's what's gonna get that momentum going and get you started. And then once you got that momentum going, really think, what are your goals? If you want to put on strength or if you're having achy knees and you really wanna build that strength or flexibility around your knee, doing workouts specific for that to help with your goal, but sort of get started first and keep it short, keep it quick and keep it fun. Yeah, you're actually reminding me of some research I read. This is a few years ago where they were talking about how, according to the latest research, um, they, they found that actually doing exercises in short, um periods of time like seven i think it was like seven to ten minute chunks of time is actually just as effective as doing like a 
re, uh, like a long uh, workout so like like you were saying if the goal is like 30 minutes a day and i think the research was also talking about how for most people like if your goal is to maintain good health 30 minutes is sufficient and you don't have to do all 30 minutes at one time like you could mm-hmm. attract, chunk it up into seven to ten minute uh, or so chunks and that's just as effective yeah yeah and especially when it comes to the metabolism and people looking to lose weight and i don't know if this might be what you found typically when people do cardio and they're doing it for a long time a big chunk of people I think this was a study a big chunk chunk of people did not lose weight a very small piece did and a very small piece also gained weight mm-hmm. because when we do cardio and we're pushing ourselves hard we're losing a lot of calories in a short amount of time and what that does to our metabolism is like hey we need to refuel and people typically their hormones that make us feel hungry get kicked up and we want to eat more because our body wants to refill all that we just lost so quickly so hit workouts high intensity interval training you can still get a little bit of that cardio, but again, like that 10 minute is good, but you're working hard and you're taking a rest, working mm-hmm. hard and taking a rest. And they actually found in some of these studies that doing the short interval training where you're working at your max and you're resting and overall you're doing it for a short time had the same or sometimes even better than mm-hmm. someone doing like a long cardio workout. So again i mean when you go to look at the science you don't have to do a long run or a long bike ride or anything like that yeah yeah and i mean especially i now i'm thinking about the relationship between food and exercise um i seem to remember one of the doctors that I was talking to I actually went with my family to a health center and uh, the goal that we had was to learn about how to take better care of our health uh, particularly in the context of eating better but also exercise and sleep and I think one of the doctors or trainers uh, over there was talking about how um like to think about exercise as a way of losing weight in a direct sense for most people is not really going to work because if you think about like um losing weight through like exercise uh, in that direct sense you have to be like okay then i have to burn more calories than i consume mm-hmm. But um, if you start calculating like the um, the number of hours of exercise or the intensity at which you would have to do different kinds of exercise to burn the all the calories that a typical person would eat uh, on a typical day that you need. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as part of a healthy diet, most people are not actually going to be able to meet that meet that requirement. Um, but he said, but that doesn't mean that exercise is not how helpful. You do need to absolutely do do exercise um, and uh, have it be part of your self-care and healthcare uh, routine uh, uh, and it's a very important companion to eating healthy um, but it's not in the very uh, always in the very direct sort of ways that most people think um, it's more about you know like the overall uh, regulation of your metabolism and system and uh, you know maintaining flexibility and tone and I mean you know these other benefits yeah. to exercise so yeah yeah I agree with that and I like to tell people you know our bodies are meant to move and we live in this really sedentary society so we really want to move a lot so that means walking around our house walking outside and I don't mean walking fast just 
walking. So we want to move a lot and we want to actually exercise a little because sort of like when you're saying, when we start to exercise a lot, that actually can lower our metabolism. So when we exercise, we want to exercise very targeted too. So I tend to favor stuff that does strength training because it helps to put on muscle mass. It helps to build our bones. It helps our metabolism. And especially as women are getting older and you're getting hormone changes, building muscle is really key as you age, but it should really be a small part and you can't outrun what you're putting in your mouth. So, you know, if you're eating a bunch of cookies or bagels or just overeat in general, you can't go out and run and just burn off all those calories. And I think the whole idea of, you know, we consume this many calories and we're burning that many, there's so many more things that go into it. It's not like this simple equation like that. For example, when we consume protein, it's our body takes more energy to break that protein down. So we don't necessarily consume all of those calories. So maybe it's a hundred calories of chicken that we're eating but we're not consuming all those. But if it is like a piece of bread, our body, it's already broken down. Our body's gonna ingest all those calories. So it's not always this like complete equal sign with our metabolism. Like we've sort of have thought for a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, um, that's a really uh, great insight. Also, uh, the, yeah, and another way to sort of think about the complexity of the relationship between food and exercise and losing weight and all of that. Um, wow, that is such an excellent point. Huh. So, um, so tell me more. Yeah, yeah, let's see. Um, we'll talk about the metabolism just a little bit more because I think we hear that word in you know, we don't know what it means. And it sort of goes back to that. I eat this, I have to burn off that. But there's all these other things that can affect our metabolism, sort of like I was saying with the cardio, when we do long, a long thing of cardio, it's actually going to slow our metabolism down. So we need to be aware of these other pieces. Like I was also saying the types of food that you eat, whether you're eating more protein or like quick carbs or more complex carbs is going to affect how your metabolism works. And then um, also the way your blood sugar is impacted by the way you eat and that affects your metabolism and hormones. And there's all these like things going on in our body that we're not aware of and all these systems together that can really impact how we feel and the energy and if we're energized or not, you know, if we don't start our day with a good breakfast, then we may have a little energy right after we eat and then that energy may dip. So really starting to put these different pieces together so that you can feel better and that your body is working like it was designed to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you mentioned, um, earlier also but the word hormones sort of like triggered mm -hmm. in my mind the thought about actually um we were talking about this in my family just like the other day um my dad you know he loves uh he's the person in my family who sort of uh does all the research and it's like uh you know then uh he, he it was because of him we went to the health center in the first place and all that um, but anyway this latest uh, bit of uh, research or insight that he was sharing with us was related to how you know historically a lot of the research that got done was you know by men and on men and it didn't take into account how women's bodies are different and therefore the needs of women are different and the strategies for creating change um, uh, for women need to be different because you know like hormones uh, you know it's like mm -hmm. just one aspect of how you know our bodies work differently as women you know uh, so I, I was wondering if 
you had any more you could share with us in terms of how especially for for women what they can do differently um to help ourselves yeah things are different for women and one thing that i think is a little bit of a buzz topic right now is like fasting Mm -hmm. um and you know some people doing those longer fasting but if for a woman who is still cycling her body is trying to you know produce each month so it wants energy so sometimes women who are still cycling may not do as well with fasting and there's so many different types of fasts so especially like with those more extreme ones it can put their body under stress and then that can shut down our reproduction mm-hmm. um, so that's like an impact that doesn't happen with men the other big thing that happens with women is um we sort of we also use more stuff different lotions different things we're putting on our body our makeup and we can absorb more toxins and chemicals and there's a really big autoimmune issues are way higher in women and that's like one piece of it but we do have these different bodies and different hormones and there's a different impact that happens and i think it always goes back to the idea of really noticing what's happening in your body and if you're starting to try something new noticing like am i actually feeling better so if you're trying a different way of eating or maybe you're tinkering with what you're eating for breakfast really tracking how you're feeling what's happening in your body and sometimes there's going to be that short term you may see a difference and there's also sometimes that long term so it may take a while for some things to catch up with you if you you know aren't eating enough it may take a while for that to catch up with you but also keep in mind that short term and that long term picture in mind and then with women you also get to sort of that perimenopause which is before menopause and then in in menopause and you're just having really big hormone changes here and some people like to call it like the second puberty because you know when you first go through puberty as a kid your hormones can be really up and down and that's why sometimes you might see more dramatic symptoms and that happens as we age too and keeping in mind it's a normal part of life like that is supposed to happen and i think sometimes we like um we don't look at it as that we think it's terrible or and some people can have more symptoms than others but it's also sort of that natural cycle of our life and something a lot of mammals don't there's only a few other mammals that go through menopause you know and it's something that our bodies are designed to do too yeah oh my gosh okay you made me just think of a bunch of things but you know um i remember reading about the other mammals uh and the 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 fact that there are so few other mammals that go through menopause and i i think i remember correctly they were saying that one of the reasons that might actually be the case is because of lifespan issues in that humans are among the among the very few mammals that have as much of a lifespan as mm-hmm. we do i mean and even in the context of human lifespans it's actually only in the last relatively speaking you know human history uh, i don't know I, i'm forgetting the stats on um but you know like for example 2000 years ago for sure uh even the human lifespan was much shorter you know most people would be dead by the time they were in the 30s or 40s especially a lot of women would uh because there was like uh so much um higher rate of women passing away mm-hmm. uh, with childbirth and stuff a lot of women died pretty young so they died way before they even had the opportunity to hit the phase of our lives where you could experience menopause and um so you know like actually in some ways like i'm thinking um you know that it's like a blessing if you get to live long enough that you can you know go through the experience of this phase of life wow that's actually a really amazing blessing yeah i love how you put that that is a great way 
to look at it too. And I think, you know, especially if you go into menopause in a way that you're like taking care of your body, that you're moving it, that you're managing your blood sugars, that becomes an important thing. If you're doing that, you'll typically go through it, you know, with a little bit more ease too. Um, so yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know, the other thing that you, uh, when you mentioned that I love to talk about, and we may have to do like a whole other episode on this, <laughs> but you know, the idea of fasting, because, you know, I'm a Muslim and mm -hmm. in my, uh, faith tradition, we do religious fasting and my family, because I've uh, always lived as part of an observant Muslim family. Uh, I grew up, you know, watching uh, certainly all the adults around me fasting. Uh, and even uh, myself, since I was like a little kid, I started practicing how to fast. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the very first time like I fasted for a whole day and for us the whole day means from like sunrise well it's technically dawn uh dawn to sunset the very first time in my life I fasted for a whole day was when I was like maybe seven years old and then you know um by the time I I fasted for a whole month like every day from dawn to sunset um of the whole month um, I was like 14 maybe 15 years old and since then I've been doing that every year without fail I've never missed a year uh, where I've not fasted for the whole month of our month of fasting mm -hmm. from dawn to sunset and so you know like for me fasting um just became a part of how I live my life and just something that I like learned to settle into and so now at this point it doesn't feel hard to me uh, to engage in fasting at like I mean hard at a physical level you know we are always constantly um, trying to evolve and grow and deepen our experience of fasting uh, but at a physical level you know it does not feel challenging to me anymore and I have a certain mindset and a relationship with this practice of fasting um, but like I said we always fasted or I always fasted in a religious mm -hmm. uh, pers uh, context for spiritual purposes um, and then you know after coming to America like you uh, in especially in the recent years um, we started hearing about people fasting um, for health reasons and what I found uh, was that a lot of times when especially in the popular culture when people are talking about fasting they're talking about using fasting as a weight loss technique and um, I'm like that I mean to me based on my experience that didn't make any sense <laughs> um and then, you know, um, when I started to look more into this practice of fasting for weight loss, sure enough, like when you look into the research, you start to find all these problems that people report. Um, for example, there, you know, you can lose weight at one level very fast uh, with, with fasting, at least like with some kinds of fasting mm -hmm. and blah 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 but then pretty much you gain the way back when you resume eating and I'm like yeah that totally makes sense to me I don't know why anyone thinks fasting for weight loss is a good idea yeah yeah there is like some good research can I ask you so when you fast from like sunrise to sunset yeah. do you eat like before the sunrise or after oh. the sunset um, yes, so you're we we are allowed to eat when the sun's not out, right? So okay. we we are encouraged to have like a small light meal 
before we start fasting. So we actually wake up before dawn and uh, we're encouraged to eat something and drink definitely like mm-hmm. drink uh, lots of water uh, take in fluids at that time you know and then we have like this whole again if you're being observant because for us it's not about giving up food we don't we don't eat or drink anything by the way when we fast um, and so for us but it's for a spiritual purpose so that mm-hmm. it's not that we're giving a food and water for its own sake and so like for us um you know you don't just get up to eat because you're going to be not eating for the rest of the day it's just one aspect of you know a, a larger process that we go mm-hmm. through in terms of prayer and meditation and um you know um uh, rec- recitation of the of the Quran which is our holy scripture and stuff you know so there's like this whole context and um you know uh, and similarly throughout the day there's different practices that we're engaging in that are about um you know growing yourself spiritually mm-hmm. and so really you know you're not really even in a mindset of um like the focus is not oh i'm not eating or i'm not drinking but rather the focus is on yes doing all of these other really positive practices to grow spiritually and then when we do break fast yes we do eat uh and usually that's the most fun time <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you know uh the community loves to get together i mean the really gung ho folks uh i mean uh will get together like at the mosque or in their own uh family circles even the pre dawn time i usually <laughs> i'm like i'm certainly not leaving my house pre dawn i i don't have that much motivation <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah. but like certainly at breakfast time I'm like yes I want to go to the mosque or go to you know be with community uh at breakfast time in the evening and so then you know it you, you know you you're again it's not just about the focus isn't just on the food it's about being together and you know engaging in this practice together and you know you, you, we support each other in that context and like for those uh people for whom fasting is challenging whether it's at a physical level or mental level emotional level spiritual level then you know we talk it's an opportunity for us to talk and learn from each other about how to uh, manage those challenges and improve our ability to fast you know so there's like all of this yeah. other stuff going on yeah yeah i love how you started that at such a young age and i almost like wonder if your body gets a little more adjusted to it especially if you're doing it at a, such a young age but yes even like christians some do like biblical fasting too um you know a little bit different but definitely in america for the most part when someone here is fasting they're thinking weight loss and i think why it's become a thing is obviously because we overeat and we're around so much food and our bodies are designed to go without food you know so one fast that everybody should do is like a 12 hour overnight fast. So, you know, if you stop eating at 8, you don't eat till 8 in the morning like even kids and it just allows your body to rest and digest, but we have all this food at our fingertips that we're snacking at night and we're doing all this other stuff that leads to us being overweight, it leads to hormones not functioning good, our blood sugar getting too high, all these different health problems. So, there can be some benefit to doing fasting and then you know there's a bunch of different types of fasting that go up from there but just for everybody to sort of keep in mind that you know our bodies are meant to go a, a little bit without food and especially if you think of the way we evolved as hunters or gatherers and all these things i mean we went a lot longer without food than what we're doing now so those body systems 
are in our body to be able to go through those times without food, our body is not designed to be eating all the time. That's, you know, a new modern century problem that our body hasn't had to deal with before. Yes. Yes. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I mean, I appreciate that our bodies do have the capacity to fast, um, you know, and fast for even longer periods. Like there's other traditions, uh, religious and spiritual. I'm more, you know, familiar with, for example, again, being an Indian. You know, in India, it's not just Muslims who fast. Um, uh, I mean, in India, fasting, uh, there's many communities like in, in the con like Hindus, for example, um, are not a monolith. Hindus are a very diverse uh, community of people. And so there's different um, uh, forms of fasting practiced in different parts of the Hindu community. And, um, uh, you know, so, so like I, I also like grew up being familiar with the fact that you know there's these different forms of, of of fasting and so for example in the hindu tradition they will do different kinds of fasts that go on much longer than the mm -hmm. um, uh, muslim fast that's um, from you know basically dawn to dawn to sun sunset and uh, whereas, you know, like some Hindu fasts will be like 24 hours. Some of them will be like several days long. Um, sometimes when they're doing like the several days long uh, or even weeks long, sometimes Hindus will engage in fasting that's weeks long. Uh, I mean, we do a whole month of fasting, but when the Hindus do it and they're doing it weeks long, usually what they do is they have a more uh, restricted diet. Uh, as opposed to give, so they'll only eat um, very, um, they're like just restrict and they'll be like, we'll mm -hmm. only eat, like, for example, um, raw foods, um, like uh, uh, fresh uh, uh, fruits or uh, raw veggies that can be eaten raw. And then they'll maintain that while they're um, maintain that raw foods um, diet. Um, during the period of fasting so their their body is still getting some nutrition mm -hmm. uh so you know you're able to keep functioning um but you know at the same time you know you're going through this specific kind of fast but again you know in the hindu community when people are doing these fasts it's mostly for religious spiritual purposes mm -hmm. and it's not about weight loss um like we don't we don't fast I, like, I don't know any religious spiritual tradition where we're like fast for weight loss. I mean, that's where I have my mind feels a little boggled by. Yeah, I don't think any religion has that part of it. I think that's just a modern, a modern time problem um, that people then use that tool um, to help. Yeah, I think there's maybe like just when we think about health so much of like the mindset has become focused on weight loss as yeah. the meaning of what it means to be healthy that even when you think of a practice like fasting people just sort of then are maybe reducing it to the focus on weight loss because weight loss is the primary context within which so many people think about being healthy and it's like I think for me the disconnect is there that you know no being healthy is about so much more than weight loss um, yes yeah and our culture is so stuck in diets and you know mm -hmm. I really try to focus on people what's a sustainable way to yeah. get healthy because some people do need to lose weight but we need to do it in a way that's healthy. And when people start following these diets or like following a program where you eat like six of this company's bars a day, like that's not sustainable, it's not healthy. But I think people just get caught up into this is laid out for me. It seems like this is gonna be the easy yeah. thing to do instead of like eating more fruits and vegetables, you know, 
focusing yeah. on this like general idea I think that seems too vague to people to just like eat healthy and eat real foods mm. but that's what we need to shift to when we want like true health in our body when we want our hormones to function well our metabolism our blood sugar all these things we really have to focus on health and if you have weight to lose and you're doing it rightly that will come along with it but really focusing on health because we want to function and live well. We don't want to be struck down by diabetes or heart disease or all these conditions that pretty much most people, it's from their lifestyle. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Michelle, I'm having so much fun talking with you. And we need to start wrapping up. Yes. Yeah, this was great. Oh, and I just loved our conversation and just the openness about everything. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate everything that you have shared as well. Do you have any last thoughts, any last words to share with us? Yeah, just keep it simple because when you start to overcomplicate your health or thinking you need to follow a diet or you need to sort of do this really difficult thing, you're not going to get there and you're not going to stay there. So starting really small, whether that's those quick workouts I was talking about, or really small in your nutrition, maybe just work on your breakfast, maybe just working on getting a couple more veggies a day. And that's what I like to do with my clients is just really start in this small, sustainable way and just keep adding um, from there. And if you guys find this interesting, my podcast will be out um, when this launches. So it's called Healthy Beyond 40. And it's sort of focusing on what we're talking about here, really focusing on how to become healthy, put these pieces of nutrition, exercise, and that mind-body connection together as we're getting older and things are changing, we have aches and pains, and how do we do that in a way that's healthy where we can still lose weight and feel good and get stronger. I love it. And I can't wait to uh, start listening to your podcast on a regular basis actually you know what probably for those of you who are listening to us right now i bet i bet michelle's podcast is already launched and out so go check it out right now we'll make sure we include the links for you in the show notes as well as any other links um, so you can connect with michelle and learn more from her about how to take really good care of yourself and be healthy especially if you're really really busy yes yes okay so then um i guess the only other thing i want to say is i just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy until we connect next time mm -hmm.